Friends, welcome to this episode of Leadosophy. If you're watching at home, you get the pleasure of seeing uh, Great Dane Franklin in the background, making an appearance for the intro. That's all right. Today, we're going to talk about likability. You're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. Is it important to be likable as a leader? Intuitively, what's your answer? And how much does it play a role in your ability to lead others? your effectiveness, however you want to define effectiveness, which I always say is it varies based on context, leadership situations. But that's what we're going to talk about today. I hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution, you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of Leadosophy, Tim Wood. All right, welcome back, friends. We're going to talk about likability today. Likeability. Is it important for you to be likable as a leader? How does it apply to leadership effectiveness? What was my inspiration for this episode? I'm usually inspired. Every episode I do, I had a spark or something inspired me to do an episode. So likability, there were two areas that my idea to do this episode came from. One was a Harvard Business Review article that I read on likability and leadership effectiveness. And another was a Facebook post. Someone posted in one of the leadership groups that I'm a part of on Facebook that it doesn't matter if you're liked as a leader. It doesn't matter to be liked. shouldn't be your focus. And that's an assumption. Leadosophy loves assumptions. If you have a leader in the workplace who is not concerned with being liked, how might that person lead is Leadosophy's first question. Are they effective? What do their followers think about that person? Do they enjoy coming to work and working for that person if that person does not care about being liked? What are those daily social interactions like with that person who is not concerned with likability, the leader who's not concerned with likability? So we're going to start out with the definition, likability. We're going to define likability. I took it from uh, Merriam-Webster. Of a human who is pleasant, friendly, and easy to like. I made a lot of notes today, so I'm going to read a lot of my notes today and off some of the paraphrase from the couple of the articles I read. We're not looking for truth per se, I don't think, on this episode. I think we're trying to deepen our understanding of the likability factor. And again, just to cause you to to think about what's your ideas about likability. Is it something you aspire to as a leader? Think about if someone came to you and asked you, this is someone who is going into their first leadership role. And you have been in a leadership role and they're looking for some mentorship. And they say, hey, I'm, I'm taking over this leadership role. Is it important? that I'd be liked as a leader? Think about that for a second. Let that ruminate. How do you respond to that person? What's your intuitive answer? My intuitive answer from experience would be, yes, I, I believe you. Ha- I, I believe it plays a factor. I believe it helps if you're liked opposed to if you're disliked by your followers. And I think initially, that's the only initial gut reaction I could, I could give. I'd have to put some more thought into that question. So here's some more questions to start this episode with. Number one, given a choice between technically competent or likable, 
what leader do you choose? Think about a hiring thought experiment. You're on a hiring panel. You're in the H, part of the HR panel and you're getting ready to hire a new manager for position X or Y. This leader seems you have a choice between person X and person Y. Person X seems to be very technically competent in the position you're hiring for, but the personality is very rough. You're kind of put off by this person. Maybe they're arrogant, whatever it might be. On the on the flip side, the other person for who is interviewing interviewing for the position has a seems to have a great personality. You really hit it off. Very positive, very humble, whatever it might be. But they don't have the technical background. They they have some technical competence for the position you're hiring for, but not nearly the technical competence that the first person does. Which person do you pick? Do you go with more technical competence, less likability, or more likability, less technical competence? I think that's a conundrum. I think that's a conundrum, and it requires some strategic foresight on planning for the future, long-term, how might this person inspire, influence? How might this person detract from the positive social environment if they are not very likable? So that's my first question for you, for the audience, to think about. Question number two is, if I say I like someone who leads me, what do I mean specifically? What do I like specifically about that person? Can I describe it? And on the flip side, if I dislike somebody, if I dislike a person I've worked for, why do I dislike that person? Is it personality driven? Is it all personality traits? How much does that play a role in the dislike versus like? Are leaders more successful if they're likable? That's kind of one of the first questions we started off with in the intro. And question number five is, should leaders focus at least partly on being liked? And if so, how, how do you do this in practice? And I jotted some notes down for, for how to do this in practice or what this might look like. And I think style and manner of interacting with others plays a, plays a big part in this. It must play a big part in this. And I keep coming back to the team player analogy. Am I a good team player? Right, do my teammates like being on my team with me? I think about language. What sort of language am I using in the conversations I have? Am I using dehumanizing language? Am I, am I creating an, a superiority-inferiority balance when I talk to others? Am I constantly putting myself on a pedestal above others? Or do I see others as my equals, even if they're my followers? I think about the open versus closed mind argument. Am I constantly closed-minded? Right? Will that cause people not to like me? Whether And if, I'm, if I tend to be more open-minded... Will people gravitate towards me because I'm curious about their ideas, their thoughts, their input into what decision I'm going to make? I think about giving more than taking from a leadership role. And again, for me, it goes to KTR, knowledge, tools, and resources. Am I giving those around me, the knowledge, tools, and resources, is that always one of my key focuses? And along with that, am I removing barriers and obstacles? So again, these are things I think you can do in practice to help with the likability factor, right? Know your job, or at least show others that you're serious about learning about the job if you do lack some technical competence, if you have a gap to, to close on the technical competence side, and you have to rely on your followers to expand your circle of competence. And then the fifth point I want to talk about, about increasing the likability factor in practice, how do we do this? I think a lot of comes, it comes down to those emotional intelligence skills, empathy. I think empathy is a big one. As a leader, 
if you're not trying to put yourself in the position of those whose decisions you're making affect, I think you're doing a real disservice to those that you're making decisions for. You have to be able to step outside your leadership role and put yourself in the position of the followers who are going to be on the receiving end of your decisions and your actions, right? So I think empathy is one of those big emotional intelligence skills that you can develop. I don't think it's either you have it or you don't. I think it's a developable skill. So I think that's kind of maybe some ways you can start practicing on likability, right? I do think it's something you can develop. I want to go to, I talked about the inspiration for this podcast. I read an HBR Harvard Business Review article that talked about leadership effective, effectiveness and, and likability. And it was it, the title of the article was Why Likable Leaders Seem More Effective. It was written by Charn McAllister, Sherry Moss, and Mark Martinko. And they, they have done some significant amount of studies in the workplace. So this is that whole theory versus practice, right? What's the theory say? Does it marry up with the practice, with the practical side? How often does it? Again, theory is not always going to marry up with the practice, I think, in the leadership side. When you're dealing with humans and social interactions, things may not always come off in practice like they do, like they should theoretically. But they were talking about a leader affect questionnaire, a leader affect questionnaire, LAQ. And they, they interviewed over 3,000 employees about likability. And the five, the five statements that they were given to rate their supervisor or their leader were, I feel positively about my supervisor. I like my supervisor. I like to work with my supervisor. I value the relationship I have with my supervisor. And I have been happy with my supervisor. So those questions or those statements they really don't have a lot to do with like technical competence. I think it may play a role in how they answered some of these statements, but this is all about likability. And the results, I guess the summary of the studies that they did, likable supervisors will more often be seen as more ethical, moral, more authentic, and more transformational as far as how they lead. And from a performance perspective, those leaders that are more likable or rated as more likable will be seen as more effective. So that's pretty powerful stuff from, from a theoretical standpoint of developing that theory of likability. Is it important? I think from, from reading that article, and that's obviously one small sample size, likability, I think we can say does play a role. How much of a role I think is, is where the debate comes in. And that HB, that Harvard Business Review article, as far as a follower rating their supervisor as likability and they tend to see them as, as better performers goes to, I'm reading a book called uh, the critical thinking toolkit, right? And I always end this show with lead about the using the tools of critical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership. So I'm reading a book called the critical thinking toolkit and it's pretty deep. It's more of a textbook, but it's, you know, it's, it's my philosophy side. I, I like to read about logic and things like that, but they, they talk about fallacies in there. And there's a fallacy in this book that it's called the angel and devil effect. And it reads, in related phenomena, sometimes called the angel effects and devil effects, we perceive those we dislike as less capable, immoral, 
worse in their performance and ill-intentioned. While on the other hand, we perceive those we like or love or admire to be capable, virtuous, highly productive, and good-willed. And the author closes with, we selectively highlight in the traits of conduct that reflect better on those to whom we're favorably disposed. And we discount or downplay or even ignore the positive traits of those to whom we're negatively disposed. So if we have someone in the workplace, if there's a leader that we do not like, if they have positive traits, we'll downplay those. We'll tend to downplay those on the day-to-day. And conversely, if someone we enjoy being around, we like the leader, we will play up their positive traits. And if they have negative traits, we'll either overlook them or just pretend that they don't have them. So again, likability, how does that affect you as a leader? How does it affect your followers? I think it's, I think it's important. The Critical Thinking Toolbook, I'll, Toolkit, I'll, I'll link in, the, in my show notes. It's written by Galen Forsman, Peter Fossil, and Jamie Watson. And again, I'll throw a link in there and on the show, show notes. Again, I read this Facebook post and it's like, you don't have to be liked as a leader. And again, I don't think that, I think that assumption may be slightly faulty. How much faulty, I don't really know. And again, I think it's a very debatable topic. I don't know if there's an exact right or wrong answer. I don't know if there's a universal truth we can pull from likability. So that's, that's that. But I think about the workplace and I think about social interactions. I think the, I think the common, common thought is we spend about a one, if you're working full time, you probably spend about one third of your life at work. Some people might even spend more of their time at work. So intuitively, I think, wouldn't you like to be around the people you work with? Followers, leaders, peers, whatever it might be, the CEO, wouldn't you want to like these people? To me, it just intuitively seems yes is the answer. And again, that just seems like the natural thing. The personal and the professional, I, I know some people like to think that when you leave the home and you go into work, the mind can just flip a switch and you can be different. I don't know if there's always this clear line between the personal and professional. Do we not like to be around people we like in our personal life? Why would the professional side be any different? Again, doesn't make sense to me, but we'll continue here with some assumptions. Leadosophy has some assumptions about likability. And we'll start to, to close this out with some final thoughts as well. But some assumptions I have about likability. Number one, each person is unique. Whether they are liked or not liked lies solely in the eyes of the beholder or the beholders. And I think that's true. I think that's a valid assumption we can make. The second assumption is we cannot force others to like us any more than we can force others to respect us. This is a process that unfolds through repetition and performance and social interactions. And here's a question for you is how much of leadership success rises or falls on the abilities of one's social skills? How much of leadership is social interactions in your ability to create a positive environment in these social interactions. I think leadership is a big part of that. Assumption number three, a leader can be liked by some and not liked by others. So I think for me, this is probably one of the most common, common themes in the workplace. You have a leader who 
you know, some people like, and you may have a small group of people that don't like this leader. Maybe it's because they had a bad encounter. Maybe they were disciplined. Think about how many times you've had to actually discipline somebody in the workplace. Maybe you had to, had to give a negative performance review. And from that interaction, that person may have a negative view of you, may not like you just because you had to do your job as a leader and you had to potentially give some negative feedback. I think that's, I think that can happen. Number four, number four assumption is when you like someone, you will not avoid them more than you will avoid them. And it seems this applies to leadership. When you like the person who leads you, you will probably not avoid them more than you will avoid them. And then I think the opposite is true. If you don't like the person you work for, are you going to try to constantly avoid this person? Now there may be times where you can't avoid them, but is that a good thing for the leader that his or her followers want to avoid them just because they don't like them? I think that's a problem. Assumption number five, I think this one holds true and you can, you can back me up. You can verify this. Everyone on a long enough timeline will work for, with, or have people who work for you that you will find unlikable. At some point on a long enough timeline, you're going to work for a boss that you just do not like, you do not get along with. How do you handle that? Can you quit your job, go find another job? A lot of people don't have that ability, don't have that opportunity. So you have to make do. And again, what's causing you not to like that person? could be some faulty assumptions on your part, right? You, you may be making some judgments that may not be true. It's back to that angel and devil effect, right? This person may have a lot of positive qualities or positive traits that you are just not seeing because you don't, you have made the judgment that you don't like this person. Maybe you can take a step back and reevaluate. Maybe you can take a different approach to this relationship with this boss or one of your subordinates, whatever it might be. All right, and assumption number six, just because a leader is likable in the workplace, it does not follow that he or she can inspire or influence, can make sound decisions, is technically competent, or will ultimately be judged or deemed a good leader. So just because a person is, is likable, all those other things don't follow. They're going to make great decisions. They're going to be technically competent, whatever it might be. And again, the, the reverse is true. I think the reverse is true with the exception of inspiration and influence. If you have a leader who is not likable in the workplace, and I'm talking kind of on a whole, this person is just not, not garnering the positive influence or not garnering the positive likability from his or her followers. I think it may be really difficult for that leader to influence and inspire, influence towards common goals and inspire people to achieve. I, don't, I think that will be difficult. I think that would be difficult. So again, does it matter if your followers like you? I'm going to round this episode off with my Leadosophy's five things I'm taking away from this quick discussion on likability. Here's my analysis. Number one, in the long term, a leader's effectiveness may be more affected by being disliked. What do I mean? What do I mean by that? Think about the decisions and the actions and how others will perceive those decisions and actions. And think about the critical thinking toolkit and what I talked about, about the angel effect and the devil effect. Think about the Harvard Business Review 
studies that they did, if you are likable, the decisions you make will tend to be looked upon more favorably, even if they're maybe even if they're not very popular decisions. If I make a very unpopular decision and my followers really like me as a person, they may make an excuse for me. They may say, hey, Tim made the decision. I know it's not popular, but he probably had to do it because of X, Y, or Z. Now flip that around. Everyone hates following me and I have to make an unpopular decision. What might the conversations be like amongst the group? This person, Tim just made this decision because he hates us, whatever it might be. And that's an extreme example. I'm being a little, a little facetious, but you kind of get the point. And also think about long-term effectiveness as a leader and likability. Think about employee retention. Think about the culture of your workplace or the morale. Think about inspiration and influence. If you are likable, do you have better, you have more ability to influence, inspire, to increase the morale, to increase the potential that you retain good employees. That's the, that's the long trend line. And again, you make, you're going to make unpopular decisions from time to time, but on the long trend line, leadosophy thinks you have to foster, you have to foster positive morale. You have to foster a positive social environment. Again, one third of your lives spending at work. Right. And again, that makes that makes all more important to make decisions to create favorability for those who are in the trenches doing the grind work on the day to day. You can't always make the popular decisions, but it has to be some sort of focus for those who are affected by your decisions. They have to have some sort of favorability for the decisions you're making on their behalf. Number two, what energy do you create? That's kind of what I'm taking away from this discussion on likability. The positive energy, the negative energy, they're both infectious, right? The ripple effects throughout the work environment. Think about word of mouth amongst followers as they're talking about the leader X or leader Y. Think about the water cooler conversations. Oh, I can't stand this person. I hate coming to work because X, Y, and Z, right? So again, those are things I'm thinking about in my analysis of likability. Number three, every interaction counts. Think social credibility, right? We talked about those social skills, creating a social, positive social environment. Think about banking positive encounters. Every interaction you have in the workplace, peers, superiors, those who work for you, trying to create positive interactions at every encounter. And it's not always possible, right? But some of those encounters you have with someone who needs help with something, those are easy wins for your likability, I believe, right? Just helping someone, giving them the knowledge they need to to overcome a task, giving them tools and resources, removing the barriers to their job. Those are easy wins for the leader, easy wins. And I think with those easy wins, when you're banking those positive encounters, your social credibility goes up, the likability factor goes up. And again, this is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. I said earlier that your likability factor doesn't just come instantly. It's a process that unfolds over time. Point number four, all things being equal, Leadosophy believes that you would want to be part of the solution to an enjoyable and positive social environment. 
and likability has to play some factor. Why would you want to detract from a positive social environment? Why would you want to? To me, it makes little sense, and this, again, seems kind of intuitive. Point number five, the ideal leader is both liked and technically competent. I think we can agree that this is probably utopia. This is the ideal leader. Not only are they great at their job, their circle of competence is very wide. They know what they're doing. They're the go-to person for technical competence, for technical skills, for advice, for feedback, for overcoming problems. But this person also has a very likable personality, a very agreeable personality. They're easy to talk to. They're empathetic. Again, this may be utopia. This may be the idea. I think about the weird science movie from the 80s. I'm showing my age here. But if you're creating the perfect leader, you would probably want to have this blend of likability and technical competence. And again, I'm just thinking about that intuitively kind of analyzing the likability factor versus the technical competence side. I don't know which one is more important. I don't think that's an easy question to answer. I think it depends on context. It depends on the job you're in. It depends on the industry you're in. There's a whole bunch of factors that go into that. And point number six, where I'm going to close this episode with, I think this is this might be most important. From a practical standpoint, your likability factor as a leader cannot be an obsession. I believe if you are overly focused on being likable, you will not succeed in the long run. Because again, I think if you're overly focused or obsessed even with being liked, it will affect the decisions you have to make, the hard leadership decisions, especially as a leader. And that's how I'm going to close this episode of Leadosophy, discussing likability. Curious to hear your thoughts. Leave me some comments if you want, uh, YouTube or on the podcast, iTunes, wherever you can get this podcast. I think pretty much anywhere, Spotify, wherever. Remember, Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership and of life. And I think we deepened our understanding maybe a little bit we went a little deep on likability. And again, we're curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks for watching. If you're just listening, I appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.